verses 1 through 15. All right, here we go. And the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. And the people cried out to Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and the fire died down. So the name of that place was called Taborah, because of the fire the Lord burned among them. Now the rabble was among them, had a strong craving. And the people of Israel also wept again and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing, the cucumbers and the melons, the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. Now the manna was, coriander, was like coriander seed in its appearance and like that of bedellum. The people went down and about and gathered it and, about and ground it into handmills, or beat it in mortars, and boiled it in pots to make cakes of it. And the taste of it was like the t- with, like a cakes baked with oil. And the dew fell upon the camp in the night, and the manna fell with it. Moses heard the weeping of, of the people throughout the, their clans, everyone at the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord blazed hotly, and Moses was displeased. Moses said to the Lord, Why have you dealt ill with your servant, and why have I not found favor in your sight? that you lay the burden of all this people on me. Did I conceive all this, all this people? Did I give birth to them, that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom, as a nurse carries a nursing child, to the land that you swore to give their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give all this people? For they weep before me, saying, give us meat that we may eat. I am not able to carry all this people alone. The burden is too heavy for me. If you will treat me like this, kill me at once, if I find favor in your sight, that I may not see my wretchedness. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your grace that is so amazing. We thank you, Father, for your loving kindness. We thank you for your tender mercies. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are speaking to us today. And uh, Lord, we give ourselves to hear what thus saith the Lord. Father, you know the need of every heart, but I pray today that these words will bring great encouragement to your people and that we will be more transformed, that we would draw nearer and closer to you. Jesus, take me, use me, fill me. Empower me. I thank you for this privilege and great honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you. Last week, we had began a new series um, on the body and I had decided through prayer to take a turn, just a brief uh, intermission, and speak about the issue of Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving is something that I believe all of us know that we should do. Everybody who is under the sound of my voice 
and you've been going to church for any length of time, you know the importance of being grateful and being thankful. But I believe that sometimes these hard times that we're living in causes us to forget what it is that God has done, and we focus on what he has not done. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's so easy to just to complain about issues and problems, and everybody got various issues and problems. If I were to talk to each and every one of you, everybody got something that they're dealing with. And inevitably, if you're not careful, you'll find yourself in a place where you're complaining to God about your situation. Most people don't look at complaining as a sin. Most people don't look at complaining. They say, well, you know, and, and in fact, I believe we, f- we flirt with complaining much more than we realize. We flirt with this idea of complaining. We live in a nation of whiners. How many know people complain all the time? You can't watch the news every time we turn around. Somebody's complaining about something. We complain about our job. We complain about our income. We complain about our food. We complain about our health. We complain, we complain, we complain. And the issue with that is that as the people of God, how many know we're supposed to set a new standard? God, let me say this right on the onset of this message. God is offended when we complain. I want to say that again. God is is offended when we complain. How many of you are in the business of offending God? All right. God gets offended every time that we start complaining and that characterizes who we are, then, 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 then we move into a place where, where, whereby we're in opposition against what God is doing. God has always moved among a grateful people. Talking about the people of God. He wants us to be thankful. We need to be at a place where we take nothing but granted. Every, the Bible says every good gift comes from God. Everything in your life that is good. You know what comes from God? Everything. Everything in your life. God has blessed us with. And I'm reminded of Jesus who had spoke about the cup. You remember Jesus, right before he was about to go to the cross and die, he indicated that this is the cup my father has given me. Shall I not drink it? You know, every one of us have a cup. And we're all required to drink the cup that God has given us. The problem we have sometimes is we start looking at other folks' cup. Well, you know, Lord, I like that cup better. I like to see what they got tastes a little bit better than what I'm going through. Right? Because everybody got a different cup in life. That's why the Bible says you shouldn't compare yourself with other people. Well, Lord, well, Lord, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, I've been this, I've been that. And, and how come they're drinking that and I got to drink this? This tastes I don't like this cup. I don't like the fact that I have to deal with this. Lord, can there be another way? You know, Jesus did pray that. He said, Father, if it possible, let this cup pass from me. But he said, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. 
Because what Jesus had to drink was the sins of the entire world. And he understood that. He understood that. So you have a cup that you have to drink. And sometimes we complain because of what's in the cup, because in actuality, we cannot control what's in the cup. We're just told that we're supposed to, to drink it. I'm talking about what God has ordained for your life. You know, what God is doing in your life and my life, you know, it's different things. I don't know why God let some people drink certain cups and why others get to drink tea with lemon. <laughs> some folks get to drink cups that got bitter stuff in it. I, I, wish, I, could, I wish I had a revelation. I, I just don't know. But I know that, that, that God has a purpose in everything. And, and what happens is when we don't like our cup, if we're not careful, we'll start to complain about our cup. Well, you know, God, I don't understand why I got to go through this. Um, I've been faithful. My neighbor don't even go to church. In fact, I've been serving in your house. We got other people that halfway come to church and they appear to be much, much more blessed. I mean, no, that's when we move into complaining because we're starting to say, God, what you're not doing instead of focusing in on what he is doing. Your cup that God ordained for you is the best for you. It's tailor-made for you. Okay, let me go deeper because some of you are looking at me like you're confused. God is sovereign, right? He controls all things, right? God could give you a cup and everything in it just tastes perfectly the way you want it, right? He couldn't make your life. Why doesn't he? Why doesn't he? Here we find in Numbers chapter number 11. Every time I read this passage, it's amazing. But, you know, the children of Israel, uh, they found themselves in a place where God had really taken them from one place, a place of bondage and oppression, a place of hardship. And now they find themselves Having come through that, you know, God did brought them out of Egypt. The people danced, they sang, they shouted, they celebrated because they were calling on God. God, deliver us. God, deliver us. God, we want to break through. God, get us out of this. This is hard. This is hard. God delivers. But now they, they find themselves in a place where it ain't going well. It's not going the way that I thought it would go. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I plan. I, I, I dream. This was not a court. You know, every one of us have dreams. Amen. And most of us, if we're honest, most of our dreams does not include hardship, trial, and difficulty. We don't make no account for that. <laughs> most of our dreams are always beautiful. They're, everything is just perfect. That's why we call them they, they're dreams. <laughs> because they ain't real life. I know some folks say, well, you know, God can, you know, I know there's some preachers that preach that, you know, God, God, you can be 100% healthy all the time and everything can go great and good, you know, but the problem with that is it just doesn't measure up with scripture and it's just not true. (sighs) But God wants us always to be thankful. Well, 
Pastor, I don't have much to be thankful about. You, you don't understand. This cup I've been drinking, it's been going on for a while. Some of you got some stuff you've been dealing with for one, two, three, four, five years. You're thinking to yourself, I'm tired. How many of you have ever got tired? Amen. You know what happens when you get tired. That's why we tell people when they get tired, go home, go to sleep, get some rest. Because when you're tired, all kind of stuff will just come out. Then we end up saying things we later regret. Even to God, we start complaining. Because God could change it. But I want you to hear something. Look at verse number one in this Numbers chapter 11. Y'all stay with me. In Numbers chapter 11, verse one, it says, Now when the people complain, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it. I'll stop right there for a second. When the people complain, it made God happy. Is that what it says? It displeased the Lord. Now, I'm sure if you were to ask the people, they weren't really talking to God. The verse seemed to indicate that God was kind of like within an earshot. Because it didn't say, I'm sure the people don't walk around saying, you know, at least at that point. Now, later you find out they, they really get the little rambunctious. But, but I'm sure at that point they were just probably just talking amongst themselves. You know, I'm sick and tired of this. I'm this. You know, I want this to change. God, I'm praying this. You know, I'm praying this and I believe in this and nothing changed. I hate this. Blah, 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 blah. And they, they probably weren't thinking they were talking directly to God. But if God is sovereign over your life, then he, he is really pulling the strength that he can control things and make them nice for you. And if he hasn't done it yet and you start complaining, the Bible says the Lord heard it. I mean, every time you complain, God what? Okay. All right. Okay. So God heard it. Now what? All right. Let's listen on. Not only did God hear it. And his anger, it says, for the Lord heard it, and his anger was aroused. I mean, this goes beyond just God hearing. God got angry. Why would God get angry because I'm complaining? Well, if you're a believer, you got to believe the Bible says that all things work together for good for those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. If you're a believer, you understand that God is working in your life. Do you hear me? You got to understand that it may not be favorably as far as you can understand it, digest it. But you got to believe that whatever it is that you're going through, that, that, that God is pulling the strings so that he's ultimately in control. So that means that if he's working in me, I know he's working in me, that things that are happening in my life, if I start complaining to God, then I am beginning a process of that which is meant to be a blessing for me. I'm kind of cursing what God has given me. I'm cursing. I'm, I'm belittling it. I'm, I'm, I'm just at a place where I'm not really understanding that God is in control. So the people, they start to complain. God gets angry. And in verse number four, it says, now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving so that the children of Israel also wept again and said, 
who will give us meat to eat? Now, now you know, this is like one of those places we say, okay, don't go there, don't go there. You ever seen somebody, when they start to get a little bit upset, and he's like, and you're about to, you, you, you see them moving into a certain direction, you think to yourself, but don't, don't go there. You know, it used to be like when I was in school, you know, uh, and they used to talk, you know, one thing you knew in school, you couldn't talk about nobody's mama. You know, you talk about my mama, you know, we're going to fight. We're going to get into some stuff. You say whatever you want to say, but don't talk about my mama. Uh, uh, you know, as soon as you as soon as you sniffed out, you thought that somebody was going to go there. You don't, oh, don't, 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 don't do that. The children of Israel, they went there, and they got to a point where they said, "Who is going to give us some meat to eat?" wasn't like they were starving. You go back to Exodus chapter sixteen. God had been giving them. God gave them manna. Bread from heaven. God was providing. I'm going to talk about that man here in a second. God had been providing. So it wasn't like they were starving. They just got tired of what they were getting. I don't like. Who's going to give me some meat? I'm tired of eating pork and beans and hot dogs. I'm tired of eating Ryman or Raymond noodles. Well, we bring back college, you know, I, you know. I remember college. It was it noodles, oodles and noodles. They just got, they just got. We, we, we're tired of it, and so they yielded. The Bible says to that intense craving. That intense craving. It, it, it's like how we get sometimes. You know what? We just. How you doing, brother? Well, I'm doing. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Okay, you've been waiting on the Lord. You've been praying. Yeah, I've been. I've been praying. You know, I've been coming to church and stuff. I've been. I've been tithing. I've been faithful. You know. Preacher said, pray every day. I've been praying, but, you know, God ain't move. God, when are you going to move? <laughs> I'm sick of this. I'm tired of going through this situation. I'm tired of dealing with this problem. God, I'm tired of it. What you going to do? I fix you, God. I ain't going to pray no more. In fact, I ain't going to come to church. I'm not going to waste my time. The same God, though, you called and said you wanted out. He brought you out. Did he stop working at some point? Did God just give up and say, I ain't working no more? Watch this. So now they, they get obstinate. Give me something to eat. But then they, they take it back a step. They, I mean, they, they, they step right in it. Watch in verse number five. If this is not, if they haven't offended God already, look at verse five. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But our whole being is dried up, and there is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. Many of us say, man, that's just terrible. But you know, don't give yourself too much credit. Look, 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 with, look with me real quick. Turn to Exodus chapter 2, verse 23 and 25. I'm going to read a couple of verses to show you what was happening. I'm going to go real fast here because I really want to get to this point. Exodus 2, chapter, Exodus chapter 2, verses 23 and 25. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of their abundance. And they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groanings. 
And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged him. Now look at Exodus chapter 3. You see it in Exodus. Go look at verses number 7 through verse 10. Watch this. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Look at verse 8. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large. Everybody say large. Large land. To a land flowing with milk and honey. To a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and every other kind of ite. All right, now, now, now we got a dilemma on our hand because now they're going to offend God because they understand, wait, wait a minute. They start talking about the leeks and the onions, but, but you remember just reading that, that wasn't the way it was when they were in Egypt because they were crying out to God saying, God, I need deliverance. God, I need you to come through. God, this is hard. How many of you, you prayed, you, I mean, come on. Oh, let, me, let, me, let me bring it home. Lord, you know, I, I love this man. I love this. I want to make it. Lord, I want to marry him. I want to marry her. Lord, I want to move in this location. Lord, I want you to give me this. Lord, give me that. I, God, I want you to do that. And God did it. You prayed. You believed. And God began to move. But, 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 but somewhere in there, things change. Because the children of Israel, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Are you listening? Say amen. amen. Here's where they got confused. They, did, they got confused their transition with their ultimate destination. They confused. See, they thought that their transitional period was their ultimate destination of where God was taking them. Now, you know, that's what, that wasn't where God was taking them. God was taking them to a good land. He said, a land flowing with milk and honey. How many know that God want to bless you? Amen. Okay, all right. But, gosh, Lord, help me. But, but you see, he was taking them to a place. They got confused because the transition is not, listen to me, the transition is not meant to be permanent. That's why we call it a transition. All right. So he's transitioning them to a place. Now, here's where we get confused, because in the transitional period, there are some things that happen that we don't like. God said, I'm going to bless you. God said, I'm going to make a way for you. Okay, God is working. How many believe God's still working in your life? Well, you know, then we get in some we get in some stuff and it gets hard. Now, watch this. Then we enter into our manna season. Right. What is manna? Manna. See, manna, manna wasn't really designed to, 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 to fill them up. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the fullness of what God was doing. See, manna, watch this, stay with me. Manna is meant to sustain you for a period of time. Stay with me. See, manna wasn't the totality or the, fu- or the fulfillment. Everybody look this way. Or the fulfillment of what God was doing. But he gave them manna to sustain them. I mean, in your manna season, oftentimes there are times of uh, uh, when things ain't going that well, obstacles, hardship, trials, right, temptations, slimness, because you're in a period of transition. So God gives you manna just enough that you will survive. But pastor, why does God do that? 
All right, we'll take it deeper. God does that because God wants to have a love affair with you. All right, you still didn't get it. All right, let me put it this way. You can understand this. Watch this. God is more interested in the journey than the final destination. God is more interested in the journey than ultimately where he want to take you. Because how many know he can take you where he want to take you within. He can just speak it and you're there. Why don't he? God want to have a relationship with you. He doesn't want you to just come and use him as somebody that you can come to when you want stuff. Because you know how we, you know, you know, you know how sometimes, you know, our kids, they just want stuff. But they, you know, we want, we want to talk. We need to communicate. We need to fellowship. You see, Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. We sometimes, we even said it this morning, prayer. Lord, show us your glory. Okay, well, to see the glory of God means that sometimes that you're going to have to go through some times or you're really going to have to trust him. And it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go because if you really want to know God, you got to know, you really want to know him, you're going to have to deal with some stuff. How many know Jesus knew him? Jesus suffered. It pleased the Father to bruise him, to hang him up on that cross. It pleased God because Jesus, I, Jesus has such a relationship with his daddy, a relationship. He and God wants a relationship with us. And so what does God do? So in your transitional period, because we focus on the destination, I mean, no, that's how we think. All we're thinking about where I'm going to ultimately end up. We don't understand that the period of transition is meant to be a time of training, blessing, God revealing himself to you and I. That we're beginning to learn, to understand. And so we get confused. We start complaining because now we say, well, wait a minute. You know, this must be it. It ain't it. God wants to take you deeper. He wants you. He wants you to say, Lord, I want to know. Like Paul says, you know, Paul said it in Philippians, I believe, chapter three. He said, I want to know him. He said, the power of his resurrection. But he said, oh, no, 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 not just that. I want to fellowship with his sufferings. Paul said the same way that he suffered. I want to suffer just like that. I want to fellowship. I, I, want, I want to get as close to him as I possibly can. Because you know how, because the, the, our human nature is we're independent. Y'all know we're independent. We don't like to ask nobody for nothing. We don't like to ask nobody for help. We like to do our own thing. We, don't, we, we just want, and God had to bring us to a place where he said, I want you to put your trust in me. I want you to learn of me. I want you to trust in me. And that's why God puts you in places in your man of seasons. See, your man of seasons represents, that's your place of training. Because God is preparing you so that you can be really blessed when you get to where he wants you to go. But here's, here's another revelation. Many of us ain't where we think we are. How <laughs> I many of you thought you were one place, then the, the, you know, the pressure got turned up and you realized, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I thought I thought I could, you know how we all say we read the book, right? We say if I was if I saw the Red Sea parted and I walked on dry ground, I wouldn't have been like those people who got mad and just forgot. 
I, I, I wouldn't have forgot. I would have blessed God and I would have never doubted him again. How many times have God already blessed you and you run and tell everybody God bless you, but now all of a sudden you're going through it and now you're wondering, you're doubting. Okay. So you're, you're in a period of transition. You're in your manna season. Thank God for the manna. They said, all we got is this stinking manna. That's it. And God got offended some kind of bad. Now watch this. Watch this. Now we said that God is more interested in the journey than the destination. <laughs> verse number 31. Look at verse 31. And Numbers chapter number 11. Now you know what I said there a moment ago. We said, we said that God could have just taken them where he wanted them to go. By the way, by, by, by reference, just write this down. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Write that down. Because in that particular verse, God says that, that I let you go hungry. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. I, I let you go through some things. I let you get, get to a point where you had to trust me so that you can learn that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So God then... How many know that God brings us to points in our life where he wants to wean us from ourselves? Wean us from the world. Are y'all tracking with me? So God wants to wean us. And so what does he do? He puts you in the cooker a little bit. How many know what a pressure cooker is? How many like pressure cookers? <laughs> Probably not now, but y'all know. So, so. I would venture to say most of you in here, you're in a period of transition. You think that this is the final. It's not final. Why are you tripping? Why are you tripping? Why are you acting like God forgot you? Why are you, why are you acting like God ain't going to make it? Why, why, you're in a, why, why, just because you got a few obstacles. You know God already knew when you called on him in the beginning. He already knew what your life was going to be like. He knew what problems you were going to have. God, see, stuff that catch you by surprise never ever caught God by surprise or he wouldn't be God. God didn't change it, though. How many ever say, God, why didn't you stop it? Why didn't you stop my, my wife from dying? Why didn't you stop my child from getting sick? What, what, God, why didn't you stop it? I don't know the answers to all that, but here's what I do know. God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him. I'm just going to, the time that he gives me, I'm going to love him. I believe that no matter what happens in my life, that ultimately it's going to work in my favor. Amen. How many of you really believe that? Amen. Now, if you don't really believe that, put your hand down. Because it's, you're going to be tested. Some of you are already being tested. And you've gotten confused because in your transitional period, you don't understand. But don't waste the moment. Don't waste. This is a good time for you to be going. Let me tell you something. This is a time when you really can get close to God, where God can begin to reveal himself to you, where God can begin to open up things to you that you've never seen before, that you can see the wonder. You, you, know, you know, all that God really wants from you and I, he wants fellowship. He wants love. He doesn't want you just running in him when you want stuff. He want to love you. He wants you. He loves you. 
He don't want he don't want our prayers just to be reduced to God. Give me this. He just want us. Listen, if everything else is going wrong, I still can get in his presence. Say, Lord, I bless you. I thank you. I love you. I adore you. Paul says, I learned that whatever state I find myself, I'm content. No matter where I am. How do you get to that point? Because Jesus became his everything. Is Jesus your everything? Do you really want to know him or do you want what you can get from him to further your own agenda? He says in verse 31, look at verse 31 in Numbers chapter 11. Watch this. Now a wind went out from the Lord and it brought quail from the sea and left them fluttering near the camp about a day's journey on this side and about a day's journey on the other side and all around the camp and about two cubits above the surface of the ground. And the people stayed up all that day, all that night and all the next day and gathered the quail because, you know, they wanted meat, right? So God's going to give them some meat. Watch this. He who gathered least gathered 10 homers and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. But while the meat was still between their teeth, before it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was aroused against the people and the Lord struck the people with a very great plague. Whew. Okay, I know some of you are thinking like, that's me. God is me. You know, when, when you can create your own heavens and earth and speak stuff into existence, then you can determine your own laws and how you want to do it. So let me know when you can create your own stuff, get back with me. When you create your own heavens and earth and you can shape and you can determine your own loss and all that and wait and rotate the planets, get back to me. Other than that, he's in control. He said, while the food was still in their teeth, God struck them. God struck them. Why did God strike them? He struck them because they were complaining and they didn't understand that he was working. He, they didn't understand that, 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 that God, was, God was working. God, God sent Moses to bring them out. God sent, God sent you a deliverer. God had been bringing you out of some stuff. God has always planned to bless you. Amen. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, to give you a future and a hope to bless you. Don't, 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 don't check out on me now because it's gotten hard. Don't stop believing me. Don't stop trusting me. Keep believing me. Why did you, why are you turning your back? Why are you cursing? Why do you even want to go back to Egypt? You asked me to deliver you from there. It was a place of bondage. It wasn't good for you. I'm taking you someplace. But, but, but I, I want you. I want to have your heart. The food was in between their teeth and God struck them with a severe plague. He showed his displeasure. Because of their complaining. I mean, know that it ought to make us pause when we start complaining. Because God is doing the work in your life. And I mean, know it's so easy to overlook what he's doing and be ungrateful. But how many of you just say, Lord, you know what? I'm going to flip this thing. Instead of talking about what I need and God, you ain't did this. And God, I'm just going to be thankful for everything he's already done. Okay, watch this. Turn to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12. 
Turn with me real quick. 1 Thessalonians 5.12. We got one person that's good, that's happy, and that's grateful. That's okay. You get a special blessing because you clap for the Lord. And watch this. And we urge you, brethren, this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love for the Lord's work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, patient with everybody or with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. He said rejoice always. Y'all ever read that? That's impossible, Pastor. It's up to you whether or not you're going to rejoice or not. If you're depressed, I, I know I, I don't want to sound insensitive, but how do you know I got to tell you the truth? If you're depressed, it's your fault. If you're worried, it's your fault. Don't blame it on God. If you're depressed, if you're worried, it's your fault. Because he says, rejoice always. He wouldn't tell you to do something, then say you can't do it. Rejoice always is an act of your will. Jesus says in Matthew 6, he says, he says why are you worried? He says, don't, 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 don't be worried about the, you know, uh, whether or not you're going to eat or drink. He says, for the unbeliever, people who don't know me, that's the way they live. But my people ain't supposed to act like that. My people are not supposed to be worried about stuff. My people who I've called from myself, they are not supposed to be worried. I told you I had to tell you the truth. But he takes a step further. Watch this. He says, now, in everything. Did that say some things? Maybe my, I can't see. Hold on. In a few things. In some things. My eyes must be playing tricks on me. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Oh, God, I want to do your will. Okay. Here he's making it plain. You don't even have to guess it. He said, give thanks in everything. (sighs) You know, James says something similar to that when he says, count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations and trials and he said count it all how can I count it all joy he didn't say all of it be joyful but but, what he's saying that when you add it all up count it all joy count it up add it up as joy so instead of complaining I'm going to reverse it I'm going to say Lord um, you know what I don't like the the manna I'm getting a little tired of but but I thank you for the manna because the manna is what keeps me alive right now it ain't a lot, but the manna is what's keeping me alive. So, Lord, I thank you for my manna. Now, I'll wait for you to give me more if you want to do that. But in the meantime, God, I thank you for the manna, which you're giving me because I'm looking good. I got clothes. I can come to the house of God. I can drive my car. I can walk. I can talk. I got my brain. I'm, I think I'm doing okay. Amen. That's good. That's right. In my manna season. Give thanks to God in all things. 
Some of you are thinking to yourself, I can't. Okay. Then what's your options? We already seen that they, the, the, the options are not too good. Uh, <laughs> and Numbers 11, I mean, you start complaining. Uh, some of you just got to learn how to be positive. What are you talking about, Pastor? You, now you're up here, you're not preaching the gospel, you're preaching positive thinking. Okay, turn to Philippians chapter number four. I like to prove y'all wrong. Watch this. Now watch this. You, look at Philippians chapter four, verse number six. Watch this. Now, remember I told you if you're wearing, it's your fault. Amen. If you're depressed, it's your fault. Amen. God ain't got nothing to do with that. Do you hear me? Amen. Watch this. He says, be anxious for some things. For nothing. I must be crazy. But in what? Some things? A few things? But everything by prayer and supplication with what? So make sure that when you talk to God about whatever it is you're talking to him about, don't you forget to thank him. I'm going to go a step further. I believe this, that whenever you, before you begin a prayer, when you're going to talk to God, first, your first five minutes should be thanking him for what he's done. Okay, Lord, because you know you're going to unload on him in a second. <laughs> right? Because you know you're going to dump the truck on him, you know? So why not, before we even go there, Lord, I just want first, Lord, before I even dump, <laughs> I just want to worship you and thank you for what you've done. It ain't going the way I wanted to go, Lord, but I want to thank you. I got my health, you know, I got my right mind, God, you know. You've been, I thank you for the man of God. I just want to thank you and bless you. I just love you. And then dump later. Because <laughs> y'all know y'all are going to dump. But he says, with prayer, with supplication, just make sure you're thankful. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God. Which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Watch this. Finally, brethren. Now, this goes back to the positive thinking, right? Here we go. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Well, they don't love me because if they loved me, they would have called me by now. Nobody cares about me. You know how the enemy does. You know how he lies. Well, did they tell you they don't like you? Did they tell you they didn't love you? If you got doubts, call them up. Do you love me? I just checking because the devil told me you didn't. <laughs> whatsoever things are what? True. Amen. Whatsoever things are noble. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatever things are of good report, if there's any other, any virtue, in, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. He's telling you how you need to think. But some of us, we just, boy, we just negative. We, we got this guy at work. I hope one day he'll listen. I ain't gonna say his name, but he'll know. If you ever hear this tape, he'll know. We got this guy at work, and we always joking because we said, "Man, the sky is always falling everywhere he goes. I mean, everything. I mean, the earth is the earth is shaking, it's quaking. Uh, stuff is dying. It's always gray. The, you know, brother. I'm like, can you ever smile a little bit? Can you just smile when you're eating at dinner? Just smile. He's just always negative. How many of you love being around negative people? Somebody, huh? how many of you love? I mean, you don't like to hang out with people that's negative. You know, some people that are negative. They always they can quickly point out the negative. I'm ready to say the people that can quickly point out the negative probably doing a whole lot of Thanksgiving. Yeah. 
because you're too busy looking at all the bad. See, I'm one of those, I'm, a, I'm an internal optimist. I think sometimes too much. My wife looks at me sometimes. She says, why do, you, why do you spend hours with that person on the phone? Because I just believe that God can do miracles. I just keep believing they'll turn around. And, you know, sometimes you just got to cut some folk off. Y'all know that, you know, until they get right. And then you come back, just always be ready to receive them. But there's some folks you got to cut off in love because they ain't ready to receive from you yet. That's for free. Y'all just take that and run with it. <laughs> I didn't say you should want that, okay, because some of you think, well, that's a green light. Me, oh, I ain't going to talk to you because the fact is that I don't have to talk to you. No, no, no. We don't want to be that way. <laughs> but look, at Paul goes a step further. He says, the things which you have learned in verse 9 and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Now, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be what? He said, I know how to abase. Live low, I know how to abound. Live high. And everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Now I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Did y'all get it? Did it, did, it, did it click? He said, now I can do it. Because most of us use that verse, we want God to do some great thing for us. I can do all things, I can conquer. But can you suffer for him? Can you go hungry just a little bit? Because you know how to get We don't have enough food in the refrigerator or bills can't get paid. Y'all know we switch on God. We switch on him. Praising him one minute, then all of a sudden, next minute, it's like, what's this? What, what, what? Learn to be grateful. Paul said everything, he said, no matter what, what comes my way, I've learned how to just... I'm going to bless you. Some of you go through some stuff right now and you don't feel like praising one minute. That's a good time to praise. That's a good time to be. You don't even feel like being thankful because right there, the pressure on you is so intense. And the last thing you feel like doing is being grateful. Be grateful. Just lift your hand up and say, Lord, you know what? And talk to yourself. Y'all can talk to yourself. It's okay. I'm, I'm telling you, it's okay. So if you got to walk around and talk to yourself, mama, and it, we want to, look, we'll call this church the Talking to Itself People Church. So people, <laughs> so y'all can feel free to walk in this church, just talk to yourself. Whatever you got to do to encourage yourself, encourage yourself in the Lord. And sometimes you got to talk to yourself because you're you fighting two things in there. You know, the enemy trying to mess with you, battling with your flesh. Sometimes you got, you got to talk to yourself. But here's, here's the point. Paul said, I've learned that whatever state I am to be content and therefore I'm going to be grateful I'm going to be thankful and I'm not going to complain no more so everything that you're going through and I don't know where everybody's going through everybody here very quickly can tell me all the problems they got within a second but can you count as many blessings that quickly can you say okay Pat, let me tell you what God did for me ah bam boom bop boom wow that's what God did for me well, I thought you, what about that problem? I know that I got that, but this is what God did. So if he did that, I, I know ultimately, because I'm in, you need to look at your neighbor and say, look, I'm in transition. Look at your neighbor, tell him, say, look, I'm in transition. This is not my final destination. I'm in boot camp. And I was in boot camp before, 
Say it. But I didn't learn nothing. So I got to go back through boot camp. And some of y'all been through boot camp three, four times. <laughs> you ain't getting it. But I already know you're going to stay. God's going to keep you in boot camp until, until you learn how to love him. And then when you come into your place of blessing, now you can handle it. He said, now, when I take you to the land, I'm finishing with this. He said, now, when I take you to your land of promise, I, I, I want to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. You go back and read it. And he says, he says now, now, what I want to do, I want to get you to a point that when you do get your blessing, that, that, that you can handle it. You know, not everybody can handle what God does. You bless some people, you'll never see them again. Where he at? I'm busy. You weren't busy when you was crying to God on your knees and telling him, well, God delivered me. And now you're busy. God wanted to bring us to a point that he wanted us to enjoy. He said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Your abundance is not in the things that you got. That's a byproduct of your relationship with him. He wants you. If you don't hear nothing else, God wants you. Be grateful. Be thankful. I don't care what you're going through. Don't leave this place for the rest of the... Look, just say, Lord, I'm going to be thankful. Just find 20 things to thank God for. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed.